Hey, are you guys ready to get into the Word? Pumped? Pumped? I tell you what, you, you know it's going to be a good one when old boy can't fall asleep at night until 1 o'clock. Okay, so that might be the reason why there were some musical references that, that happened before and they may happen again because it seems like old hip-hop comes out, you know, when you get tired and things like that. So we may have some, some fun with that today, all right? But we are in the middle of a series called Core, okay? Uh, this is so important for us that we express and help you understand what are the core values of things that we value most as a church and why it's important for us to share these things. As we continue to grow as a church, we are, are reworking a lot of things that you will see online you know, and things like that so we can help make a better website so folks can see better information that will help them get plugged in faster, something that you can send to your friends that they can see, ah, oh, this is what's important to the founder. And that's why we're doing this series to kick that off in this way, to show folks, tell folks what's important to us and we feel what is important to God. Remember, it's all about loving God, loving people, and creating community. That's what it's all about at the Foundry. So we try to find ways to creatively do that every single day. All right? And we love the words of Jesus when he tells us to do that. Love God, love people, make disciples. And we try to keep that as simple as possible. So we need to remind ourselves and educate ourselves. Last week, we talked about mission, and I love that missional living. My boy Noah was such a blessing to us. I'm sure you enjoyed that as well. Uh, the conversations that I've had with him beyond that, spending all day Monday just really racking our hearts and brains about what God has. And it's really helped me land in a lot of ways on some really important things as we continue to move forward. And today we're talking about one of those important things called generosity. Say generosity. All right, generosity, and I think this is very important because a lot of times when we think of a word like generosity, what does our minds go to right away? Money, 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 right? Money. Okay, I was waiting, but it's okay. We can do. It. You want to try it again? Money, money, money. That's not bad. I think the ladies had it most. All right, guys, you money. It's fine. You can get low with it. Okay, Shorty did, and you can too. All right, so there it goes. It's going to happen. All right, but we're talking about generosity, and what we're going to get down to today is talking about the, the heart of generosity. A lot of times our minds go right to finances, okay? But let's be real. Some folks can easily write a check, and some folks can't, you know? Some folks can give a lot. Some folks can only give a little. They've all given, okay? But the key behind it all is what is the condition of one's heart when they give? All of us have something to give. You know, I celebrate today uh, uh, of, uh, I, think, I think, a milestone, Pat, okay? A milestone, and that Pat herself has single-handedly, she doesn't probably want me to say this out loud because she, she hates me now, but has single-handedly painted a whole lot of this church. Anything that you see freshened up and white... Um, was, was Pat on Wednesdays, almost every Wednesday for the last few months, coming out, and other days as well, you know, saying, what can I do to make a difference, you know? And there wasn't a, a financial, you know, perspective to her in this. It wasn't a financial aspect. It, it was a, I'm going to give of my time to help the church save finances. So see, what, we're, we're, we're framing things here in that type of understanding that it's about the heart, okay? And we're going to get to a story uh, that Jesus shares about a widow in just a few moments that I think is very important that encapsulates what Jesus wants us to be about 
as a church, okay? And we're going to define some things that I think can be pretty gray in our lives uh, that I want us to look at for a moment. There's been a, a lot of thought and a lot of study and a lot of prayer that's gone into this. So hopefully it gets delivered clearly enough and you walk out of here with something you can put in your pocket, pull out later, look at and say, okay, I'm reminded to be generous, okay? Are you guys with me on that? Yes, okay. So we're talking about generosity, and I, I love to define terms. I think that's so important. Uh, for me, I'm a person that can forget the true definition of words sometimes because, you know, being a communicator, words can just come out, and we always want to make sure we understand the meaning of what we say. So what does it mean to be generous? This is someone that is characterized by a noble or kind spirit, okay? Someone that has a readiness to give more of something, okay? Are you, you see what we're getting in here? This is the heart of the matter. Uh, it is willing to give more of something, as in... Money or time, that's typically where our mind goes first to finances, and then it goes to our other greatest resource we have called time, right? We can all agree to that. Money or time, then is strictly necessary or expected. Again, Pat will not like me saying this, but nobody, she's like, shut your mouth, okay? Um, nobody expected her to paint, nor did she expect me to publicly praise her for all of the help, Right? Those guys that worked hard to get the media stuff set up this weekend didn't expect public praise, but that's what you get because you gave out of the right heart, okay? And I love to identify these things. Giving more of something, especially that time factor, than is strictly necessary or expected. And I love this, liberal in giving, right? That they're liberal with their giving. You know, they give to all, and, and this is so important. Sometimes we only, you know, give with, with, with certain restrictions, and, and, you know, certain uh, types of uh, quotas that have to be filled and boxes that have to be checked and, and ideals and things that have to meet up, okay? So, yes, we're, we're talking about uh, giving, and yes, um, money is a part of this, and we know this, this history that we see within Scripture. You know, Exodus chapter 35, we see of the Israelites uh, giving of time and material to build the church, okay? So time and material, all right, and that's very important. Uh, we also see Malachi. You guys have heard that a lot. You know, it's a 10% practice. We've heard of that, uh, that we can challenge God in, talking about this tithe. And then we also see what I think is the most important, where I really want us to move in this direction in everything we do, that God so, he so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay? So God was a giver from the very beginning. Okay? A giver of not just life. So breathe in with me. Isn't that nice? Hopefully your neighbor smells well, okay? But when you breathe in, you're just like, man, ah! You're, you're. Not just that, but he's also given us life beyond this life, okay? And we believe that. We have that as a hope that is stored in our heart, okay? So we're going in a different direction that you, you probably may be used to when we talk about generosity. Because listen, if we don't have the heart in the right place, nothing else will line up properly. That's just the way it is. You know that. Look at your relationships with everything in your life. Look at your relationships with people around you. If your heart is not in the right place toward your friends, what's going to happen? You're going to be someone that's always constantly taking, 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 and not giving. Look at maybe with your classmates, your study group that you may have 
uh, with your university, whether it's WU or WVU. You know, you, you look at that study group. Are you contributing? Are you someone that is giving or someone that is taking? When you go home at night, husbands, wives, do you help each other? Do you give one to another to, to, to help spread the load, the weight of what has to happen in a given week? You see what I mean by this? It's so much more than writing a check. It's so much more than even, you know, painting until your hands fall off. It's a heart condition that we're getting at today, okay? And I think that's so important. See, God had something in mind, and this is why he sent Jesus, and I think this is so important. He had something in mind, and we see this this backing when we see Jesus speaking with Peter, and he asks a question one day, who do people say the Son of Man is? And you, you may already kind of catch on to this. You may already catch on to this. And he's, he's talking with Peter, wondering about what people say about him, but also really wondering what people know, okay? And you see this where Jesus, it, it, he, he responds to this, and he says, listen, Peter, you answered right. You answered correctly that, yes, I'm the Messiah, the Son of Man. And, and he says, listen, you know what I'm going to do with this, Peter? Um, I, I'm going to build my church. With this understanding that you've talked about, remember, we've talked about this before, that he wasn't building it upon Peter. He was building it upon the confession of Peter in this moment that Jesus is the Messiah. He said, I can build it off this understanding. And he says, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not overcome it. So, so what does he mean by this church thing? And I think this is so important. And this is where I, you know, really digging in and trying to spend a lot of time on this church thing. And we see this word ecclesia. Okay, and we see this word there uh, that's that's important. It's in the Greek. Um, What did it mean in culture then? And this is how we can help to define it. In culture then, it was an assembly or a congregation of individuals that they got from that Greek culture there. This word was not applied to First Baptist Church that became the Foundry Church. You know what I mean by this? It was not applied to this structure. It was not applied to this entity. It was applied to a gathering of people. But it also means something very important. Ones who were called out from and to, okay? Ones that are called out from something and to something. So we don't really see that, you know, that people are like standing on the street and just like, come into the building that will save you. This building here, this beautiful structure will change your life forever, you know? And then there's like rainbows and unicorns and Skittles and and well, I don't know why Skittles, but that's how you taste the rainbow. Um, so, yeah, you know, Jesus was building something, and he was building something that would last forever, us. And see, when we think about generosity so often, look, I'm not telling you guys not to give. I'm not saying that. Because there are needs galore, and we're going to work. We're working on publicizing and really making those needs more known to our congregation, so that you can help. Because I know you want to. That's your heart. However, I want to make sure that your heart is such an understanding that you know who you are in this kingdom, in this church, not the foundry, in this church, this kingdom, right? That exists outside of buildings that exists on the campus, that exists in your home, that exists in your workplace, that exists, for me, I love it, at Starbucks. Just talking to people. I have no responsibility there. It's so much fun. Anybody love that, studying at places where you have no responsibility? It's so great. It's like, my responsibility is to drink this coffee, and I will drink it well. I am happy. And then I met a guy named Nick yesterday. It was fun. Okay? But that's, that's the church. 
It's not this. And you're like, dude, you're messing me up here. Why do we, why do we move here? You know, why are we talking about growing? Why are we moving to services? Like, why are you asking us to, to give that 10% to the storehouse? What, what are you doing with me here? Because I'm trying to get to the heart of the matter, our hearts. Because if they're not right, we won't give with the right heart in anything. In our relationships, in our work places. In our homes, hmm, we won't give right. We won't give right in the church if our heart is not right. And Jesus was, was talking here about building something that would last forever. We're called out from this world, and I love this, right, into God's upside-down kingdom, okay? See, the heart of this kingdom is so different than what we're used to, guys. The heart of this kingdom uh, is, is coming from the words of Christ, that it is more blessed to give than receive. That came later in the book of Acts. You see that. You know, that it was more blessed. This was something that was passed down orally. wasn't recorded earlier in a gospel or anything like that. This is called oral tradition, something that was passed down. This saying, it is more blessed to give than receive. Can't you picture it, you know? I love it. How about this? Freely you have received, freely give. We love to, to, to bring it in. We love to have someone say, you look nice today. Man, I'm so proud of you, how amazing you did on that project. Dude, that's a, look, man, you worked hard on that. People are giving to you in this moment, right? And in return, you're like, yeah, I did. Yes, I do. Mm, I look good. I know. Come on, I'll give you 30 seconds to stop. Okay, 30 minutes. I got time. Let's get a coffee. Tell me more. No, no, no. Freely you have received, freely give. And then I love this last one here. Like Jesus is saying, it's like, look, listen, guys, don't store up treasures on earth. Where moth and vermin can destroy. I like, I like reading it like King James Version. You know, King Jimmy going back with me sometimes. Don't store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures somewhere else called heaven. Kingdom come will be done here that will translate to there. We're here to invest in people. We're here to give to each other to build the kingdom. Okay? And I think that's so important that we have the right heart on that. Okay, so we're going to switch gears. You guys ready to switch gears? We're going to head into that story that I was telling you about where Jesus, and I love this, makes a real-life example of what a, a sound, correct heart should look like. Okay? And where we're going to go is into the book of Luke. It's also cited in other places within the Gospels, this story. But we're going to go at the end of chapter 20 and the beginning of chapter 21. And I think this is so important, okay? So, so listen in with me, and I'll give you some details as to why this is so important. You can follow along on your screen if you would like as well. Luke 20, starting in verse 45. While all the people were listening... Jesus said to his disciples, I love this, we see that all the people were listening in that temple square, right? Okay, in the woman's court is what they called it, the place that, the, that, that folks, women especially, couldn't go beyond. You know, women could not go beyond. This was the place where they would, and it'll make more sense later, where they would drop, you know, their gifts, okay? And you'll hear this in just a moment. But all these people are gathered there. So Jesus has taken this as a teaching moment with his disciples, the folks that would help to start the first century church, okay? So that's so important. He's given them instruction as to how you are to live. Not saying, dearly beloved, we've gathered here today to put together a capital campaign. He didn't say that. For our 30,000 square feet building, Jesus didn't say that, okay? All the people are listening in. Not that I'm opposed to that, because we do want to continue to grow here as well. However, listen to what Jesus says. 
Beware of the teachers of the law. These scribes, these folks that knew the law by heart, that studied the law. Remember Jesus, the the most important commands, he says, the most important law, this new covenant law, love the Lord your God with everything in you and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so he's saying, look, beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. So do you have someone in mind that you pictured right now that's like that in your life? You know, maybe it's that person that always, you know, is is wearing this, looking that way, smelling like this, talking like that, you know, throwing around hundos and stuff. And you're like, I have that person in mind, okay? Okay, Did you you have that person? Are you with me? Maybe, Maybe it's someone from Hollywood or something like that. I don't know. But they love to have the most important seats in the synagogue, all right? They love to sit at places of honor at the banquets, and they love to run around with their flowing robes. Okay, you picturing this with me? Jesus says, they devour widows' houses, and for a show, make lengthy prayers. They get up with their flowing robes, and they head to these widows' homes, and they're like, hey, you need to pay up. The law says this. You need to do that. You need, to, you need to make sure that you're doing everything that you can because you're just a widow. We'll get to that in just a moment. You're a widow. These guys roll around looking all fresh and clean, but yet they're dirty as can be as they're heading to these homes of these women that have lost their husbands. These men will be punished most severely. Okay, Jesus. As Jesus looked up just then, I love this. True Jesus juke, right? Jesus moment. Jesus, he says, he looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. So he watches this. And you know his disciples are watching what he's watching, right? He set the scene. He set the stage to have this conversation about the heart of the matter when it comes to generosity. You know, about the heart of, of, of an individual and what they do and what they give. He sets the scene here and he says, guys, listen. Truly I tell you, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. All that she had to live on. You may say to yourself today, like, listen, God's blessed me. And listen, we love that for you. I do. Because God's blessed me. Okay? God has blessed me. And, and you say, man, I give out of the right heart every single Sunday or every month or whenever you do that. And you know what? Thank you for leading the way. Thank you for leading the way and having the right heart when you give. But so many of us, so many of us, and and this is seasons that I've even found myself in in my life, my heart gets corrupted on my generosity meter. And it's not even about finances. You know what it is about most with me, guys? It's my time. It's my time. And it's also the, the very thing that God has made me to be a communicator. It's my conversations. It's weird, y'all. I'm telling you what. Sometimes I, I, I'll be like, okay, there's people. I'm walking the opposite direction. Can y'all believe that? Does that surprise anybody? You can raise your hand if it surprises you. Okay, I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Go and send no more. Because my heart 
hasn't been healthy. I haven't given my greatest gift that I have to give. My heart and time with people. And the Lord is just like upside the head. Dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? You are deviating from the individual I have made you to be. You are deviating from the heart that I've placed within you. It's not even about money on that. Because the tithe part's no problem. It's the time part, right? And for some, it may not be the time part. It may be the tithe part. But the heart is the problem of all of it. And the Lord has been convicting me and convicting me and convicting me. Because out of these impoverished times, if you will, of my life, of unhealthy heart feelings. There was opportunities to love on people that really needed it. I missed it. I've missed it. So what for this widow, though? What for this widow? Why, why is it significant to, her, to, to us, but to Jesus and to her in this moment about her giving of monetary means right here? Because in the Old Testament and New Testament, widows were consistently subjects of miracles. Jesus is setting the stage for the heart of the church to show people what it's really about. The best hope, let me tell you about this, for a widow is is that she would have already had a son so that she would not have to be on her own. That she would have somebody that could help maintain the household. Because when, when a widow became a widow, she lost everything. She became like a land immigrant, they said, or an orphan. She lost it. She lost it. And you may know a widow. You you may know and see this understanding and see how important it is for us to glean from someone's life like this. I know one well, and I call her mom. And I've watched how hard it can be to continue to be faithful and generosity. I've watched how hard it can be to muster up the courage to try again. I've watched. And see, the thing is, we may not have lost someone. You know what I mean by this? You may not be an actual widow, but you may have experienced some sort of loss along the way, like I did with the heart thing there, that made it hard for me. And what Jesus is getting at here, he says, look at the heart of the widow. Look at the heart of the widow. She exhibits true kingdom generosity. So what, what does a generous heart look like? Because I love for us to be able to always take things home with us, right? What does a generous heart look like? We're going we're gonna to go through these this morning, and then I'm going to just share a concluding time, and then we're going to head home changed inside and out. A generous heart is one that is a trusting heart. A generous heart is one that is a trusting heart. We trust in the Lord, and we lean not on our own understanding. This automatically comes to my mind. An old proverb that I think has been something that has been timeless. These words for all of us. Because so often we lean on our gifts and talents and our knowledge versus leaning on the Lord and trusting in Him. This is a trusting heart. And it's so important for us to see this. A trusting heart is a heart that believes that God is able. Amen? Are you guys with me on that? It's a a heart that believes that God is able. That we're trusting Him not man. Is that hard to do sometimes? Immediately we we look to our circle and those around us, can you help me with this, this, or that? But all of us know that only God can change the heart. 
And I love this. There's another story of another widow in 1 Kings 17, 7 through 16 is the context. And and you can read that amongst yourselves later. But there's this prophet Elijah that goes to yet another widow. Remember, they were examples of of miracles in Scripture. And, And this woman was on her last meal. She was going home to make her last meal. And this prophet called Elijah said, hey, let me tell you something crazy to do. Make me food first. What would you do if somebody came up to you and you knew this was the last meal? With your son, remember the son was your hope. Remember that? You were going to die if you did not eat this meal. And someone comes up to you and be like, listen, I see your situation. I see your circumstances, but I'm hungry. Make me a meal. How many of you guys would pull out your best karate chop, okay? Your best whatever this was from Karate Kid, okay? You'd be waxing on, waxing off, whatever that looked like in this moment. Because you're like, homeboy, you have fell off your rocker. But yet again, we see the trusting heart of an individual that knows that God will care for her needs. So she trusts this prophet, but moreover than the words of this prophet, she trusts her God. And I think that's so important for us. A generous heart is one that trusts the Lord. Are you with me? One that trusts the Lord. The second is this. A generous heart is a broken heart. What do you mean by this? A generous heart is a broken heart. I thought we were here to get well. I thought we were here to get better. We look at a broken heart as to one that is the heart of Christ. The compassion that he has. His heart was broken for the things of people. He was broken. We see this. A demon-possessed man. Mark 5, 1 through 19. Right? He had compassion on this man. And delivered him from demonic possession. Delivered him. We see Matthew 9, 35 through 38. The lost person. So important. The lost person. The person that does not know that they can be saved. The person that does not know that heaven is for them as well. The lost person. Also, the sick person in Mark 1. The person who is not physically well. Not emotionally well. Not mentally well. These are real problems, friends. Real problems. Okay? A lot of times the church doesn't talk about mental health and doesn't hold a, a, a real strong position and say, just pray and you'll get better. That can strike a nerve. Yeah, we always pray and we depend on God. We do, okay? But God has other ways to help as well, okay? But what I mean by this, in this, in this instance, we first go to him. We do, we first, Lord, help me in this. Help me in this, Lord. Help me uh, with my physical healing. Help me with my mental, emotional healing. Lord, help me get through this. Give me someone also that can be a solution to, to talk through this problem with. Jesus had compassion. And I would have loved to have seen how many people Jesus just talked to that were not recorded in the Gospels. I would love to see the conversations that he had with people as he just sat there, especially as he said to the little kids, come here, come here. Come be with me because, man, you guys got it right. You believe. You're not tainted. You're not jaded. You, you just, you get it. You understand the kingdom. You know that I'm accessible. You know that I love you. You know that I have compassion upon you and everybody else in this world. Let's do life together. For us, this is important. A broken heart before God so that we can see healing come to others as well. The third thing is this. A generous heart is a healthy heart. I love this, a healthy heart. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. This is why Pat's mad at me right now. She said, my giving was in secret and you've exploited me. 
I will never share my gifts again. You are done to me. Okay? Just done, not dead. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When we give, guys, we give out of a healthy heart because we're not looking for someone to say, you're amazing. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen someone paint like that in my life. And it's terrible. Yours was great, Pat, but it's terrible. You know what I mean? Or, oh, I can't wait to hang out with this person because they're going to give me so much in this conversation that I need right now. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to just, just absorb it in like a sponge. See, a healthy heart says, what, what can I do to help? A healthy heart says that I don't want any public praise whatsoever. I just want to be generous because that's the way I'm supposed to be as I help Jesus build this church, this movement of people, not moments, but a movement of people. It's a generous heart, one that is a healthy heart that will prove who God is in this life and beyond to your friends, your neighbors, and your family. The last thing is this, worship team, if you guys want to make your way up. A generous heart is one that practices sacrificial living. And more importantly, we say giving. Someone that practices sacrificial giving as they live out their life before the Lord. Mark 10, 43 through 45. You see that on your screen. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. This is so, so contrary, talking about the kingdom. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Jesus, this doesn't make sense. I thought you were building this thing where we could rise up and be the, these folks that get to do life with you forever, and you'll overtake this political system, and you'll insert this amazing kingdom where you'll come in and rule. And he's like, great idea, but not mine. Because what I'm doing will transcend this moment. What I'm building in you will go beyond this political system you see around you. What I'm doing here is something much, much bigger. He says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. A lot of times we really just kind of fly over Scripture like verse 45, and Jesus having a heart-to-heart with his disciples there, Saying, look, look, guys, uh, okay, I know you want to be seated at my right and left. I know you want me to do this. I know, I know you want me to build this kingdom. I get all that, but that's not the reason I came. This is an upside-down kingdom, guys, that you're signing up for. This is an upside-down kingdom that will not make sense to your society, that will not make sense to your family, that will not make sense to you sometimes. However, we're building something here, guys, ladies, that's going to go beyond this moment. That's going to last forever because it's going to be a movement. Christianity persevered through so many things in the first century to make it where we are today. We have it so easy. We get to sit in this church and share the gospel freely. We don't have to hide underground in China. We don't have to have fear in our hearts that someone's going to come in and behead us for saying the name of Jesus and publicly professing our faith. You know what I mean by that. Not, that's not scare text. That's just what's going on around the world. And we have it here, cush and beautiful, comfy. You like those little pads under your butts? Isn't that nice? It's really cush-cush. 
But he's building a kingdom that transcends beyond this building. He's building something in your heart. And what that's going to require of us is sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving. What does that mean? It means just like Jesus did, you place your whole life on the table. And he said to God, God, here I am. I'm going to do what you sent me to do. I'm going to go where you sent me to go. I'm going to say what you sent me to say. I will, be, I will be you and the flesh in this place, and I will exhibit the amazing love that you've had for me, but also for all humankind. God, Jesus speaking, I will sacrificially give. Don't, don't we really just, we just kind of jump over that a lot, don't we? We really do. See, because, you know, on our table, our, our communion table, it says, do this in remembrance of me. And Jesus was flipping the script at that Passover table. Because he says, when you do this again, you do this in remembrance of me because I'm creating something new. The old has passed away, the old covenant. And I'm creating something new, a new covenant. And whenever you do this in the future, you do this in remembrance of me. And I know they were just like, what? 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 What are you talking about? Come on, let's eat. He's like, no, 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 no. You'll, you'll, you'll understand soon. As they saw their friend take the cross to the hill. As they saw their friend have his life sacrificed, but willingly sacrificed. As they saw their friend do something they had not done yet, but some would eventually do, most of them, give their lives for the good news message of Jesus Christ, of the gospel, good news. For me, this is sobering because if my heart is not in the right place, nothing else will ever line up. Do you believe that? As you've surveyed the actions and the inactions, if you will, of your life, even over the last month, over the last years, have you had that same heart of the widow that trusted that believed, that believed, that believed that she would put this last bit in knowing, knowing and believing that the church, the temple, would even take care of her as a widow. Do we invest in his kingdom knowing that our heavenly father will take care of us? If your heart is right, if your heart is right, you will always give out of that. You will give out of that. But if it's not right, you always take out of that you've heard it said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks what's inside will come out good bad or ugly right what's inside will come out so my challenge for you this morning is to put your heart on the altar actually you can start closing your eyes with me just Begin to examine your heart this morning with an overwhelming sense of, of sober judgment as you look within. And as Jesus made the example, two examples of what not to be and what to be, not the ones that come up in with you know, the, the scribes and all this stuff and the teachers of the law that with their flowing clothing and are only looking for prestige and power, or the rich that drop 
you know, their offering in, if you will? Does your heart line up with that of the heart of the widow that has no way out but the Lord? No provision, no son, nothing left, no kinsman, redeemer, nothing. Are you that sold out to him? We're challenged today. I'm challenged as your leader to make sure that my heart is always right before him. I have people that can tell me the truth and do all the time if I'm not right. Do you have that type of relationship here on earth? The church that's around you so that you can remain generous in all that you do. It starts with the decision of completely giving your life over to the Lord. What does that mean? You give God lordship of your life, that he can lead you, guide you, and direct you in everything. Such peace comes with that decision because you know you're not alone and that he's done the hard work. All you have to do is walk it out daily. And what you do is you give that to him, control, you turn and walk in the direction that he's walking in. We call that repentance. So if you want to make that decision first, and you may have done that in our time of worship earlier, if you want to make that decision to to give God control of your life, to allow Jesus to be the Messiah of your life, the Savior, what we like to do is, is simply you just take and look at me, and then you can close your eyes again when we identify each other, okay? If that's a decision you want to make this morning, just take a look and then you can close your eyes right after that, after I see you. Anybody this morning? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, Lord. We thank you for that. And the second is an active move. It's something you do beyond these walls. Yes, we congregate here, we assemble here, but we are most the church out there. It's a decision this morning, the decision to practice sacrificial giving in everything that you do. God, it is our heart and our desire that we practice That doesn't mean we're perfect, but we start. We practice being sacrificial. Lord, I, Justin, repent. I turn from my ability, my proclivity to want to run away now because there's been so much. Lord, as you've encouraged me over these months, you've showed me that that's what I'm made for. And Lord, I will live in that. And each of us will live in the direction that you give us this morning. How we can uniquely practice, however we've been convicted, we've been led by your Holy Spirit to practice sacrificial giving as we live each and every day. Thank you, Lord. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. (laughs) 